Welcome to the Writing with Purpose podcast where I, Anna Wollescroft, chat with fellow writers and outdoor enthusiasts about how we can embrace creativity and curiosity to live a life full of adventure that doesn't feel like hard work. I delve into exploratory conversations about my two loves in life, writing and nature connection, as part of my mission to share the well-being benefits they both bring. It's wonderful to have you here today. In this episode of the Writing With Purpose podcast, I chat with published author Mandy Byatt about her writing journey. We discuss writing influences, types of writing, form and style, developing characters and plots, and how to stay on track with your writing goals. Hi, Mandy Byers. It's fantastic to have you join me on the Writing with Purpose podcast. I'm very excited to talk to you because you are a published author in the psychological thriller genre. Would that be the best? I am, yes. I am. It? And I've got one of the books here. I, I couldn't find the one that I've already read. So this one is your latest book, um, The Younger is. Woman. And uh, I've read Just Another Liar, which I read over Christmas, which was just, um, yeah, I was kind of stuck on the sofa for several hours. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, Thank you. I tend to read a lot of of sort of sci-fi or maybe not sci-fi, maybe more supernatural um, and Mm -hmm. prime. So it was slightly different for me as as a read, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. Um, I've not started the second one yet, but uh, uh, I shall do. It's uh, very exciting. So yes, welcome. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me. It's great to talk to you and see you again yeah well we first met didn't we last year at um the creative connecting in cheshire i think it is a sort of networking um organization run by a lady called sue france and you were one of the guest speakers and um i admit i hadn't heard of you at the time um and i'd booked this literary lunch because i'd I'd had a lot of people had recommended it to me because i've you know i'm a budding author i'm on that sort of journey and you know i'm following in your footsteps probably several years behind you um and yeah i i saw i went to sit down at a table at this networking event and uh, and then I saw you sitting on your own at another table and I thought why am I sitting on my own at a table I'll go and sit with this lady who's also on her own so I had no idea that you were the the prime speaker at the end (laughs) not sure about the prime speaker (laughs) (laughs) you're doing yourself an injustice now your talk was brilliant um and then yeah we got chatting didn't we and we did similar interests outside of writing as well and um yeah so do you what I'm absolutely fascinated um I've got lots of questions for you but I think Mm -hmm. if we could start off by sort of um you know what was your childhood relationship with writing and reading and where did that um goal if you like come from of I want to be a published author um do you want to share a little bit about that journey for us yeah, so I, I was always, always a big reader when I was small. So starting out, you know, with comics, Mandy, Bunty, uh, you know, progressing into magazines, Jackie and uh, a 
oh, I've forgotten what the other ones were called. But yeah, I was always a big reader. And then, you know, Amy Blyton, Nancy Drew, all that sort of thing. Um, I spent a lot of time in school holidays. My nan and granddad had a pub uh, near to Macclesfield. So spent a lot of time there, not actually in the pub drinking, but um, <laughs> there was a field behind the pub. So I was on my own a lot. So I used to, I was thinking about this the other day, I used to spend a lot of time just making up stories in my head, not necessarily writing them down, but, you know, imagine, imaginary um things mostly around horses because I always wanted a horse <laughs> yeah. obviously never had one um so yeah I was always always a big reader when I went to university I did marketing in German and that sort of cooled off a little because you sort of you haven't got time have you so um but then I think I did start writing a little bit but I wasn't one of these people who you know wrote a novel when I was eight and stuck it in a drawer I wasn't that sort of person but as I moved through late teens into early 20s I started to write a couple of short stories um and then I was in my probably mid to late 20s when I first wrote my first novel which is a romantic comedy oh Um, that's interesting which was yeah that's the sort of thing I was reading at the time so yeah I thought yeah write one of those um so I did, I self-published it, it got nowhere with it, did the most horrendous cover ever. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, wrote a screenplay as well. Um, I got really interested in that and film and television. Always been a big TV watcher as well, dramas mm. on TV. Um, not so much now, but when I was younger. Um, so yeah, it came, the writing came from a love of reading and I think Mm. you've got to have that, um, you know, I've heard stories of people who've gone on creative writing courses or other courses who, you know, they don't read, they just think they're going to bash out a long, uh, novel, you know, and get a bestseller, but I think you've got to have that love of reading, um, and I was, I was thinking again about that this morning. Um, I, I feel happy when I've got, I'm reading a good novel. Yeah. I'm not so happy when I'm not reading a good <laughs> novel. You know, I, don't, I feel content. It's that contentment, isn't it, that getting mm. stuck into a good novel brings. Yeah, because I think you're, you know, you're, you're taken elsewhere when you get stuck into a good story. And um you you sort of forget everything that's normal around you you know the the aches and the the, sorry not the aches the stresses and the anxieties and that daily life just they're not there when you're in a good book and I know exactly what you mean when you say that it's it's almost so so when I started reading your book it was the first fiction book that I'd read for quite some time um I listened to things on audible which is normally personal development or um you know podcasts but they're always what I would term as professional or business rather than um yes I get enjoyment out of them but rather than just pure for pleasure um so it was it was I I, I was very aware of the fact that um I'll be doing something and then right I've, I've got to get back to Bandy's book and you know it, it was that I, I was being drawn back to the book so any sort of spare time that I had I wanted to read and I'd miss that I'd really miss that because I yeah. used to read a lot as a child um 
Amy Blyton the same, not so much on the magazines. I was trying to think as you were listing those magazines there. Was there one called Just 17? There was, wasn't there? Yes. And yeah. Blue jeans as well. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm older than you, so yeah. Not but, that yeah. long, only a couple of years, I think. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I used to read more of the the, the novel rather than mm. the magazines. I read, I probably read more magazines now because I read Psychologies magazine. I've got a couple of mm. writing magazines that I receive that I, that I get in the post on a subscription. Um, but I was always the the novel writer mm. um so it's interesting to hear you talk about um you know the the stories in your head that had got the horses in there which is probably similar to the <laughs> environment that you grew up in very rural um so i, I was i grew up in the Staffordshire Moorlands as well um so mm -hmm. we, we sort of had similar childhood experiences probably um and then you wrote the romantic comedy um and then mm -hmm. so would you say that you, your interest in reading and writing um has changed as you've 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 grown up and perhaps you you know you were doing different things with work and social life and you know mm. the environment that you lived in as well has that influenced you um yeah I've always found writing sort of an area to take me away from the stresses of life so jobs relationships that sort of thing um I'm pretty good at, you know, I'm I'm not usually one of these people who has to sit and wait for the news to come. I can just dive straight into it. So say, for example, if I had a bad day at work, I could just go into a room, you know, never had a proper office, go and sit at the dining room table, put some earphones in and just start writing. So, yeah, it, it has affected, you know, the situation in life or the job I've been in um or yeah even where I've lived because I've lived abroad when I was a student um didn't do so much writing there um during <laughs> the student years <laughs> yeah um but I do remember I did go over to Germany when I was 18 for a summer job and I remember that was probably you know when I first started writing short stories so I think just obviously on my own to an extent you know so losing yourself in the writing mm. is something I've always done and I've always enjoyed and it's been yeah sort of therapy really yeah you can you can get out can't you what's going on inside your head even if you know you're not using people's names who you know or your mm. own name it all comes out in some way yeah, definitely. I think what I'm learning at the moment as well with this master's course that I'm on, the particular module that we're doing now is writing in the self. So it delves a lot into autobiography and our relationship, if you like, as a writer with the narrator of the story and the characters of the story. And inevitably, there's an element of us in those characters, isn't there? And I, and I think that's for me anyway I'm sort of seeing that as some of the things that I've been through um you know that there is ca several characters in there in, because you can draw on the, uh, the your own experience the feelings that you had um and it's quite it, it makes it more enriching almost than trying to think oh well that's what that person would think in that situation or behave in that situation so um yeah I think that's a 
you yourself are a great source of inspiration to your own writing, aren't you? And Definitely. I, yeah, I totally yeah. get when you say, you know, writing as, as a form of therapy, which is what I love from the journaling perspective as well, is just to have that blank piece of paper, pour your thoughts out in whatever way, shape or form they come out and you can use that as reflection you can use that to organize things plan for the future but also just as a source of creativity and to let your imagination flow and see where that leads so yes. uh, yeah it makes me very happy that you said that <laughs> yeah writing as therapy <laughs> yeah I think it is and even it's a you know it might not be a conscious level it's a subconscious thing as well I often Lots of my novels, because I write historical fiction as well that haven't been published yet, or there's often um, a child or um, someone struggling to have a child. And that's something that, you know, I haven't got children, but has, you know, come up in my life. And it's not something that I've thought about consciously when I've been writing, oh, okay, I'm going to write about this woman going through IVF or whatever. But yeah. it, it tends to come out. And um, so, yeah, I found that yeah it's a good basis to start isn't that the the younger woman is is it that that's a similar um, story isn't it with the yeah, IVF and a couple trying to have a baby yeah yeah and yeah. The, in just another liar as well there was a woman who couldn't have a baby so um mm. yeah it's uh, and I um it's part of my I'm obviously an author but <laughs> it's hard to make a living at that so um I help I don't have. I work freelance um, for a company that um, does training courses for writers, mm. and so I look at a lot of students' work, um, and I can see, you know, they are. I don't know. They live in Outer Mongolia in '92, and their character lives in Outer Mongolia in '92. <laughs> so I see a lot of that in people's first novels, where mm. you do use your own experiences. Um, so I think it's a good thing to do, definitely. Yeah. And I think it helps you to get comfortable with some of, of your own, you know, yeah. writing almost. I, I'm starting to realise now is a bit of a journey, a bit of a self-discovery journal, journey, journey almost for, for you as an individual. Um, most of my, the pieces that I've produced so far for this Masters definitely draw on my experiences, um, it, whether it be a bit of a, um, you know, an abstract poem as such that, that addresses limiting beliefs um and i've just written just written about um my first crush at school <laughs> and we used to because for myself and my best friend at the time we both liked this boy and uh, it was more of that so kind of coming into age and what, what are all these feelings and we'd got this name for this guy maybe i should change the name i don't know but <laughs> I think maybe only a couple of us knew how we referred to him. And I started the little story with what we used to call him. I'm, I'm going to tell you anyway, cream cake. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I can't remember where I was leading with that. But yeah, sorry, you you kind of, you grow yourself, I think, through the writing, the writing yeah. journey. Um, and is that something that you found and that you can share when you're reading other students' work, a, a sort of, you can see that development in them and in their writing and themselves um not so much with the students but because I don't tutor I moderate on the courses mm. um I can see the progression in the craft of their writing how that affects them I don't know because it's all online study as well mm. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to sort of analyze yourself, isn't it? But I, I do think if you looked at, I've written seven or eight novels now. If you looked at those and looked at the themes, <laughs> there would probably be a mirroring or a progression of things that have happened to me or have happened to friends as mm. well. Um, that, you know, with close friends, you obviously pick up on things that they're going through and they're affecting them. And um, and also, I, there's that side of it, but I don't think you have to experience things directly to understand how it will affect people. So mm. that's part of a writer's job, to imagine how that would affect a person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 I don't know that answers your question. It's hard yeah. to analyze yourself, isn't it? it? It is. Yeah, it is. But I think everything that we realize and we write about is it just helps to develop the craft a bit more, uh, helps us yeah. get closer yeah. maybe to the characters. I mean, is there any sort of, do you have a bit of a process or are there tips that you can share with, you know, anyone who's listening and, and also me <laughs> uh, as a budding writer of, of how you can develop that character or develop that plot or, you know, really get into the head of, okay, well, what would that character think in this situation? And is there, you know, is there, what, what sort of techniques would you suggest? Um, I think you've got to... It's difficult, isn't it? Because character influences, plot, plot influences character. Mm. But you've got to think how that character would react and what sensibly they would do next, not mm. just have them, which I've done in the past, you know, oh, they'll now fly to Venice because that fits the plot, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Um, one thing, because I write crime as well, which is really complicated in terms of plot, is um, I often question the characters. So I might have a list of 10 suspects in a novel and I'll say, well, why did you murder? It's always a murder, isn't it? Why did you murder this person? Mm. And they'll give you the reason why. And then I'll say, well, why wouldn't you murder this person? And they'll give me the reason why. And I write that in the first person as if... I'm talking to them and they're answering. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't kill them because I love them. And da, 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 da. and that really helps me in terms of plot, figure out who they are as a character and where they might go next and what will work and, you know, who the murderer will be. Yeah. Um, lots of people write lists, don't they, of, you know, physical attributes and things from the childhood. I think a good one is to work out what that character's secret is. Mm. You know, what what don't that what wouldn't they want anyone else to know? Um, and also what their flaw is as a character. You know, are they arrogant? Are they ambitious? Are they unkind? And how they're gonna change over the course of a novel. You know, mm. your character's got to change or else it will hold no interest for the reader. Yeah. And where you know as a writer you've got to think what emotions are you eliciting in the reader at every stage so when I'm planning I use a spreadsheet um chapters down one side characters at the top and then I also have columns for what is the reader 
thinking is happening and what is the reader feeling you know are they feeling mm. sad for the character are they feeling scared um so yeah those those are a few tips read lots of rap books on writing as well yeah uh, you know I've got loads and loads of books <laughs> yeah I suppose it, part of it's what works for you isn't it but some of these proven techniques are a great place to develop what works for you um mm. I like the idea of of asking the questions and um you know the secret of what 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 is it that they don't want to share they don't want to be revealed um and I suppose when you're doing that kind of questioning with the characters there'll be some sort of crossover that can be woven into the story maybe at some point definitely um yeah. when I was I did a master's as well in creative writing I with a focus on crime fiction and that was one of the questions they asked us what secrets does your character have and I came up with oh um my main character is a kleptomaniac mm. which then um, it fitted it once I thought of it I thought oh yeah that fits her character perfectly and also you know it was great for the plot because something that she'd stolen could come out in the plot later mm. so um yeah it's a good question to ask that one yeah and, and, and also what floor yeah they've got and keep going deeper with that Yes. Yeah. Definitely. How did the secret? You know, how did the secret come about? How do they feel about that? What is the flaw? Where did the flaw originate from? Potentially. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's fascinating. What do you? What do you? I mean, you've written quite a lot of different genres of books. What's your favourite? Um. Well, I'm going to say I'm just started writing a crime series, mm. um, which uh, I've never done a series before. Um, it's based in historic properties around the country. So it's got a curator and a detective who's a uh -huh. on-off lover. Um, so I really, really enjoy writing that. And I've started um, with, well, I've set it at Biddle Grange, which is a national trust national property. Trust. It's my hometown. So I've really, really enjoyed writing that because, yeah. um, you know, as a teenager, before the National Trust owned it, they used to, you know, as all the teenagers did, go into the Grange, um, look round. It used to be a hospital then, you know, when we were kids. Did it? I did not know that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it did. Um, and I love history. Um, so one of the novels I've written is also based on Biddleford Hall and um, somebody who used to be a vicar. Um, he was born in Road Hall because I lived in Road Heath as well. So, yeah, I love history and um, taking inspiration from what's happened in the past and perhaps twisting it into a crime novel. I do like crime, you know, I think yeah. we're all interested in why someone does something, aren't we? Um, yeah that human yes. behavior that being drawn yeah. into you know where does the where does that instinct come from? Yeah, so yeah. I like the psychological aspect of it. Yeah, and it's a beautiful setting. So for those people that aren't aware of, of yeah. Biddulph and Biddulph Grange, there's a country okay. park, but there's also the the old house as well, which has got beautiful grounds, and there's lots of little almost other 
worlds within it isn't there they've got a, a japanese or a chinese garden area yeah. um they've got a few different um buildings that you can walk through and you know part of it's like you're walking through the is it yellowstone national park in america because they've got the big um yes redwood trees. redwoods that's it yeah, yeah. so what a fa- fabulous setting yeah yeah so, um my victim, yeah, dies in the Egyptian tunnel. Oh, so, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, I think, when you read something like that, though, particularly if you're local or you're aware of some of the places, um, because in uh, Just Another Liar, you touched, I think you mentioned Ashbourne uh, and, and some of the other local areas that I'm aware mm. of. So it's it's a kind of almost, it makes you more connected, to the characters yeah. in the story I mean, one of the characters in that book was called Anna anyway wasn't it I was constantly comparing <laughs> yeah. myself with Anna I was like have I done that do I do that one <laughs> I did write it before I met you so. you did <laughs> you did no no thank you no it wasn't based on me I can say I can assure you that <laughs> um so what one of the things I wanted to ask you because um you've written quite a lot of different books you said that you'd written eight novels was it mm-hmm. um and you've won quite a lot of awards as well um for some of these haven't you you were um sorry long-listed for orange yes, Path, com- was it for screenwriting and then yes. with radio five competition so um yeah. i think if there's a lot of when you're writing or you're a budding writer, you see, I certainly see a lot of competitions out there for submitting short stories or synopsis of stories and poetry and that sort of thing. So is that something that you actively sought out and went through when you before pub before being published? And is it yes. something that you would recommend? Definitely. Um it was something I came to quite quite late on. Um, but I think you know, just entering a competition gives you that focus, doesn't it? As a writer, it's easy, isn't it, to just while away the hours when you're supposed to be writing, staring out of the window or looking at the internet or, you know, whatever you're doing, <laughs> looking at social media. So having that focus of a competition with a deadline and a certain amount of words you've got to write, sometimes you've got to write the whole novel, really, yeah, helped, helped me to get things finished and it's also it gives you a little you know what do we all need we all need a bit of hope don't we it's that hope oh I'm you know the um, announcement's coming up am I going to be on the list and don't get me wrong there were plenty of times when I wasn't on the list I remember going to Crime Fest in Bristol um, for the debut dagger I think was announced there and looking at the list on the wall I was like where's my name (laughs) but of course you know thousands of people enter so but it it, yeah and they're they're often online communities where you can chat with other people Mm. um so about competitions so that's good but once I did start getting placed um then things started turning around for me because I think it gave me some confidence that you know I can do this and yeah Hopefully I will get published. Um, so, yeah, definitely recommend entering competitions. Yeah. There are, there are a lot out there. Yeah, there are, and depending on whether you want to write something that's um, flash fiction, short story, poetry, there's a lot of different options, isn't there, and across different genres yeah. as well. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a member of, um, I pay for an annual subscription for the London Writers' Salon. 
Uh, and I really enjoy some of their podcast interviews with authors um, and they do quite a lot of workshops. I don't always attend them. I've, I've sort of this year, I've, I've sort of said I'm going to co concentrate on the, my studies and then I'll start to, you know, look at releasing things and applying for competitions and that. Um, but and I'm also uh, I, I pay for a, I don't know if it's a bronze level, but it's a lower level for the writers HQ and also Jericho Writers, which I think you did something for last year. Am I right in thinking? I do, did you do a fiction? Yeah, I tutor their fiction foundations course. So ah. it's a joint course between Jericho Writers and the Professional Writing Academy, PWA. So, mm. um, yeah, I do their fiction, tutor their fiction foundations course, which is ah. great. And um, there's only been a couple of courses so far, but the writers, I mean, people have loved it, not because I'm the tutor, because it's a great course. Mm. Um, and I can definitely see an improvement in the writing and in people's enthusiasm to want to write as the course goes on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when you start to see, oh, that's that technique sinking in or I've had some good feedback and like you've just said, oh, I can do this mm -hmm. because you know we talk about writer's blocks and things like that and you know that's something that really has prevented me from writing for years you know I've, I've sort of taken a career in marketing similar to you marketing communications and then became mm -hmm. a copywriter but it's a totally different style of writing and I've always if I can probably say this hidden behind other people's words Mm -hmm. instead of releasing my own and it's mm -hmm. only really through confidence of meeting other people talking to other people and then this course um that I think actually I can do this and mm. you know that's get trying to get over those limiting beliefs so it's great to have somebody say oh you're improving and you know you can see where you've come and I suppose it gives you great satisfaction for you to be able to to say that yeah. to others as well and yeah yeah and and you pick you pick up so much from reading other writers work and you know it's hard to look at your own work and think oh this doesn't work or this does work but looking at other writers work really helps me anyway and I know a lot of other writers a lot of courses are based including MAs on that uh, peer feedback feedback so um yeah that that really helps um I mean it's not uh, you know, it's a uh, writing is all about. Well, for me, it's all about losing myself in the writing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be published. That was a goal that kept me writing. You know, one day, um, and I used to say to my partner, um, we used to go past. I don't know if you know uh, Pex in Congleton. It's yeah, quite, yeah, the yeah. Restaurants. So we used to, yeah, it's dinner at eight, to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to drive past there because I used to live near there and we used to say, uh, I used to say oh yeah when I get a publishing deal I'll, I'll go to that restaurant <laughs> um, and did you, you? Know, it did uh, yeah we did we did yes we did um, but you know there are once you get published in fact I was listening to a podcast I don't I, I don't listen to many, um, but I started listening to the Diary of a CEO. Um, I was listening mm -hmm. to one with uh, Stephen Bartlett and Jordan Peterson. Um, and he was talking about, you know, once you reach that goal, 
what's the next goal? <laughs> you know, what yeah. are you gonna what are you gonna do? You can't just stop and go, all right, I've done that, I'm gonna relax now. So you're always reaching for the next goal. Mm. And it's a hard profession to be in. Um I'm out of contract at the moment. You know, I, I got an agent. Um, he got me a two-book deal with Avon HarperCollins. The books were published. They they did okay, but, you know, there are thousands and millions of books out there. Mm. Um, now I'm out of contract, so but I'm carrying on writing and yeah. hopefully the series will be published. But it is a hard thing. And it's, you know, it's not that... You know, I, I was absolutely thrilled when I got the agents and then when I got the contracts. But, you know, I still have days, a lot of days, where I think, can I do this? Mm. You know, no one's buying the books. Um, you know, publishing um, companies, you know, get rejected by those. So it is a long, hard process, but you've got to keep going. You've got to have that mentality to keep on. And you've got to love the writing. Because who knows if you get published or not? Yeah, so you got to enjoy the process and your time yeah. being present yeah. with the formation of that book, and yeah, yeah just have uh, have faith in yourself, really, that this is what I want to achieve, and keep going. Yeah. And and I think because you 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 write with so many different genres, um, you're constantly keeping yourself interested in it uh, yeah. in a way. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, I was looking at some stats the other day for the, I can't remember where it was now, some British Publishing Association and um, books are on the increase still, uh, be, mm-hmm. be it more digital format than um, than the, the, the print format, but people are still demanding stories. And I think once you read a story, it's a number of years before you can go back to that story, really, certainly with fiction, isn't it? If it's a business book or personal development book, you can refer back to it because there's constantly mm-hmm. going to be something else that um, that you can learn from it. So, I mean, what are your what are your kind of aspirations? You've written a screenplay before and you got into film. Uh, your interest was there. Uh, maybe, you know, one of the, the one of your books at the moment can be turned into a, uh, a film yeah. <laughs> or your new series could be turned into, you know, the next Taggart or something like that. That's showing my age, isn't it? Taggart, where did that come yeah. from? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I would like to, um, yeah, I nearly actually did an MA in screenwriting. I went... I was offered um, an interview at, I think it was Salford Uni. Mm. Uh, this was years ago. For some reason, I didn't go. Um, but I am interested in screenwriting. I'm now um, a moderator as well for John York Story courses. So I don't know if anyone has read John York's book, Into the Woods, which is a fantastic book about storytelling. Mm. Um so I yes, I would love to um, get into that area, but I'm at the moment focused on writing this series and perhaps another spin-off series. Um, but yeah, I love. We were talking before hands with me. I love doing courses. So um, I did a screenwriting course last year with John York Story, and um, I'll probably do another one this year. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's completely different form writing a screenplay than writing yeah. a novel but I think it's 
yeah it's Stay good open. to keep pushing yourself yeah definitely yeah trying new yeah. things and you know with writing yeah. learning one technique uh one genre can still feed into another one can't it because they're, they're all works of they're all creative works and you know it's great to get your imagination flowing yeah. um yeah I was uh, so it um I was going to ask you the question on the tip of my tongue then, and then you said something else and I completely forgot. Um, is it going to come back to me? Uh, no, probably it's come not. back to you tonight when you're, my, <laughs> you're yeah, lying in bed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or as yeah. soon as we've, we've clicked the end button, it'll it'll come <laughs> back to me. Um, yeah, but it's, it's interesting how I think you, you know, probably your own interests change and therefore you write something different um would you say that there's any kind of um process steps that people can take to get into that writing mode that you know creativity mode if you like um or what works for you well I'm a big believer in putting your bottom on the chair and doing it <laughs> <laughs> um you know I think some people Perhaps when you were beginning, you're starting out, think, oh yeah, I'll write when the muse comes along and mm. you know, when when I get an idea. But I don't think it's like that. You have to you just have to sit down, look at that blank page and write something. Because once you've got something, yeah, you can then edit it, you can work on it. And a lot of writing is editing, you know. No one writes a whole novel and it's brilliant you know you start in January you finish in December and oh look it's brilliant it's a lot of editing work goes on by yourself maybe by your agent by um, an editor at your publishers so um, you've just got to put the words onto paper and um, get going that that said obviously you need an idea and I do spend a lot of time plotting I'm planning my novels before I write. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, I spend a lot of time researching or going to places, um, looking at magazines and newspapers for ideas, um, the problem pages of uh, newspapers ah. <laughs> and all magazines are really good. Yeah, um, of You know, if you're writing domestic war or anything like that. Um so, yeah, I spend a lot of time thinking and um, for me, that's where the creativity comes in, planning the whole novel out. Mm. So I'll write a long outline and then it's almost like you get to the point where you, you're just itching to get on and, and write it. Mm. And um, so, yeah, yeah I think, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but ideas come from everywhere, don't they? And, you know... Um, I do a lot of walking like you. Um, I was saying this to my partner, actually. The idea is I don't set off on a walk and think, right, I'm going to think about this novel I'm writing and what could happen. I have to just let the ideas run around my head subconsciously. Yeah. You know, so, um, and then suddenly I might just see a woman, pass a woman and think, oh, she looks like the character or, or hear a little bit of conversation or mm. see a place that I think would work. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's a mixture of things, but I'm a big believer in just sitting down and doing yeah. it. Yeah, so you can draw what I'm hearing you say there is you, you get out and about, 
to develop ideas, just let ideas come to you based on what you see. So observing things, mm -hmm. noticing things, and then an idea yeah. sort of sparks in your head that then when you can, you then get back and sit down and put your bum on a seat, <laughs> um, then you can start to develop that even further and just get the sort of the hours, if you like, writing um, yes. and seeing that develop and having a bit of framework there once you've worked out the plot and the different characters and ask those characters those questions and then you know start writing the story element of that and and you mentioned about editing editing yourself or having an agent editing and and um as well um coming at it from a copywriting background as well the, the editing part the proofing part is probably the biggest part the ideas you can run with because your imagination has no boundaries, has no barriers, but then the editing has a structure. Um, and then that's kind of, you know, well, does this bit, would that paragraph be better a little bit further up there because it flows better with that other paragraph? And and then it's thinking a bit more about the, I suppose you've got the idea down as the author, then it's okay, well, how is the reader going to interpret this? And are they going to, because you, you mentioned before about asking the questions about the reader and what will they be thinking and how will they feel about the, the development or a character? That's all part of the editing, isn't it? And making that yeah. really crystal clear. Yeah, and that's still part of the process. I mean, yeah. once you've got that first draft down on paper, you then need to go back and look at it. You need to let it, as they say, let it rest for a while and then go back afresh as if you're the reader no. um, because because a lot of you know what we write is in our head well all of it is in our heads and we put it <laughs> down on paper sometimes we leave things in our heads that need to be down on paper yeah you, know, and you might go oh well why is that character doing that because and it's still in your head you've not actually explained yeah you know why that is so yeah editing is a huge part and the different parts of editing like you said so you know you're editing for clarity um both at the ideas character plot level and also you know the structure of the sentences if you're writing in first person does every you know there's this couple of ideas every sentence start with i do this i did that i did the other um you know, a sentence lens difference. But if you get a publisher um, who buys your book, then they will assign an editor to you who will work with you on that. Mm. Um, and you'll have lots of edits and then a final proofread. So, um, yeah. And then they'll still be, you'll still find things. A good tip is to read your work out loud because mm. I've done a few library events <laughs> where I'm uh, reading from a novel and then. I can see, you know, as you read, I can see the sentence coming up ahead and I think, oh, I've used that word twice in this paragraph. Why have I done that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a good tip to read your work out. Yeah, there. spotting that repetition and changing yeah. a word. Or uh, I, yeah. um, I, I don't know if you're the same, but when I really started to think I, I want to make this a career and uh, reading other books and I think you kind of read it with a different head on um, mm. and they... The things that you like stand out and you think, oh, that's a good idea. I like how they've done that. But also the the perhaps errors. I, I, I use that. I'm not sure if that's the right word to use mm. because they're not necessarily errors, but um, they really jump out at you. Like, you know, uh, like you've just said, oh, use that word twice. Or, um, you know, they've been in that situation before. It's almost a repetition of that situation and still the odd typo and that 
mm. not everything can be spotted can it and it's almost mm. like it's it spoils the reader experience sometimes when you <laughs> yeah. write yourself because you're looking at it with that critical eye as well as the you know the enjoyment eye too yeah definitely and I'm, I'm watching things you know crime dramas on tv <laughs> I can oh. often spot who will be <laughs> the murderer because you know I've looked so much about structure and um story that yeah yeah it's quite annoying for people you live with <laughs> so yeah um, I try and leave it till it will be him like, yeah. I knew it was going to be that but I don't try not yeah. to say anything at the time just in case <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah which is nice when you watch a film which shocks you still um mm. I watched a couple recently which I thought sometimes I used to watch films and if it ended it, it, with uh, some ambiguity I'd be like oh well that was a waste of time it was pointless mm. watching that but now if I watch a film like that I'm like oh why have they mm. okay so they left it open to interpretation and my mind then starts to think mm. about what else could happen I'm trying to think of two examples now I've got the two films in my head but I can't uh I can't think of the name of it Triangle of Sadness was one okay um, I'm write that down yeah very strange um, kind of split up into three different chapters. I wasn't sure about it when it first started playing it. And it does end with a, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was it was well done. Um, and then the other one was something that I watched the other day, which actually it got, can't think of the name of it. It's got Julia Roberts in and um, Kevin Bacon. Oh, and another guy who's Ethan Hawke. So, is it Sleeping with the Enemy? No, no, it's a recent-ish. It's a recent oh. film, and mm -hmm. it's it's basically kind of around the end of the world type scenario. Um, okay. But it plays a lot on psychological elements and what the characters mm -hmm. are going through. Um, so yeah, and not very well written, and you're constantly thinking. That person's got an ulterior motive, but then actually have they? Mm -hmm. It's one of those things because you don't actually know how you would react, I suppose, in that sort of situation. So both of those films are really good. And I, I kind of watched them with a different hmm. eye now yeah. um, rather than just, oh, that was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's I, I find it all absolutely fascinating. Um so what's uh, so what's next for you? You've got your crime series, and so are you yes. looking for an agent for that? Are you going to self-publish that? Have you got what, what sort of the what's um, for you with that? No, I've I've got an agent. So when you get an agent, they take on all your work. So mm. um, he's looking at that. I did. He looked at it before Christmas. Um, made some suggestions. So I'm changing that. Um, well, I've changed it. It's gone back to him. So I'm just waiting for feedback on that. Mm. And then I've got a couple of other novels that are out on submission. So he sends them around to publishers. Um, so, yeah, I'm just waiting to um, hear back. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a waiting game as well, publishing yeah. being a writer. <laughs> you have to have a lot of patience. Yeah, but um, if you if you're writing multiple things, then you you're still busy with other projects while you're waiting, exactly. I suppose, rather than just yeah putting all of your cards in the one deck, so to yeah. speak. Um, am I right in thinking? Um, and I think a, I think a book coach might have told me this that if you submit to one publisher, 
you're not really supposed to submit to another publisher until you know their outcome. Is there a bit of an etiquette uh, with that? Well, or... that's agents. So okay. the pro processes you have to, don't have to, but um, it's like a funnel. So you try to get a literary agent, and there are lots of literary agents, and then um, they if they take you on, they then submit your work into publishers because publishers don't want, you know, hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> approaching yeah. them. So an agent is sort of a gatekeeper um, and an agent takes commission on anything that they sell for you. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and the etiquette is, no, you can approach lots of different agents mm. at the same time because they do take a while to come back mm. um but you should note that in your covering letter that this is you've also sent it to other agents you don't have to name them but you should yeah. say i've also sent this to other yeah, agents just just to um, be open and honest with them yeah and mm. you know look for an agent um you know just don't do a scattergun approach but look for someone who you think you could work with who's you know some agents don't do crime so I looked for agents that represented crime um so you have to do your research mm. on agents um yeah and it That's... is hard to I mean they get hundreds of submissions every week yeah um again it's it's a little bit about luck as well um getting an agent and a publisher you know you've mm. got to hit that agent on the right day that they are looking for something similar to what you've written and that you know they haven't already got a client who's written that and same with the publisher you know they might love your work but they've already published a psychological thriller set in Geneva or whatever it is you're yeah. writing mm. so yeah. um yeah, I suppose a way to help you with that then is to write something that seems quite obscure at the time because nobody else potentially has written it. Yeah, you could say that. Um, also, though, publishers, you know, they say they're looking for something different, but are they really? Or they're just looking yeah. for something that's similar to, let's say, Richard Osman. <laughs> But you know they know we'll sell. Yes, um, yeah. They're so. looking. They are, and to be fair to them, it is a commercial operation, so they are exactly. going to be looking for what's going to make them money, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a business. A it is a business. Yeah, mm. a business is the author. A business is the agent. A business is mm -hmm. the um, uh, the publisher, and then of course the bookseller. Uh, yeah. And then, and, and then there's another decision from the reader, isn't there? Do I want to read this? Exactly. So it's going exactly. to go through a lot of people. Yeah, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I I can't wait to get started actually. And I've got I've got too many ideas. And I think part of my problem was to well, which one do I focus on first? But you just have to make that decision and then just get on with it. Yeah, you do. And I think focus on the idea that excites you the most. Yeah. Because you're you're going to be spending a lot of time with that idea. Yeah. You know, when you get to that proofreading stage, you'll have read that book probably a hundred times, if not more. <laughs> you've so got to live and breathe it. Yeah, you've got to be excited about the idea. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, it's been fabulous to to talk to you, Mandy. Um, do you what is there anything that you'd like to sort of share as a bit of a takeaway um with anyone that's thinking about writing, where to start? 
writing um I, we've talked about so much already and and i remember your your <clears throat> presentation at the networking event where you kind of delved into some of your diary entries and, and and gave a bit of an insight into your journey of being published and you know you mentioned some of those knockbacks and things like that um that we have yeah. to be prepared for as well um but is there anything that you would say okay well if you're going to start here's what i'd suggest but be mindful of this maybe I suppose my advice would be pick an idea you're interested in, love the process, and don't give up. Just keep writing um, because there are going to be a lot of knockbacks along the way, a lot, you know, more than you'll ever imagine. Yeah. So you've got to love that process. You've got to love the idea and just keep going. Like we said, enter competitions network with other writers, do courses, keep learning about the craft of writing. Um, you know, a lot of people say, don't they? Oh, well, why Why should you go on a course as a writer? It's just in you and it flows out. But you wouldn't say that. I think the classic example is about a ballerina yeah. you know, or a ballet dancer. They don't just get up one day. And, you know, everyone has to learn the craft. So, mm. yeah, I don't think you can learn imagination. It's sort of some people are imaginative, aren't they, by their own admission. Some people are. Um, but you've you've got to, yeah, learn the craft, work hard at it, um, keep knocking on doors and, yeah, just keep loving it, really. Yeah, great advice and lots of advice there. And yeah. uh, I think what I'm hearing really is just start somewhere, keep going and and just trust trust in the process and trust that you're going to get there because you will at yeah. some point if you you know your head is in it for the for the long term, your heart is in it, should I say, for the long yeah. term? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's been fabulous to uh, to chat to you. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and talking uh, on the podcast. Oh, uh, and best of luck you, with Anna. the series and uh, all of the other projects that you're working on in the future. Lovely. Thanks so much for inviting me to uh, chat. It's yeah, been great. It has. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Writing with Focus podcast. Having conversations with fellow writers or adventure enthusiasts brings two of my biggest loves in life together writing and nature connection. I've been a copywriter and content creator for 23 years, but my passion is writing for wellbeing, and I'm on a mission to share the benefits that putting pen to paper has for personal wellness with as many people as possible. If you want to learn more about writing for your wellbeing and journaling techniques, please connect with me in my Facebook group, Journaling with Anna.